Watching Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we're recapping Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 12. Getting to the Crust. What getting, a great title for the episode. Getting to the Crust, which uh, we had some, a listener, I believe it was Crystal, reached out with a very compelling Reddit thread link that pointed out that getting to the crust of anything really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the crust is on the effing outside. So really what we mean is either get to the core or break through the crust. Now, I was thinking about this when we were watching the episode. Uh Now, technically, I'm, well, I mean, I'm a pizza savant. So when one consumes pizza, you end at the crust if you're not a weirdo. Oh, so you're thinking, see, I was think. I think a lot of us are envisioning like a boulet, but you're just envisioning an entirely different food group. Like a pizza or pie, we are working our way toward the crust. That's true. So, uh, Clint, if you want to reach out and tell us what kind of crust you were talking, we'd love to know. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get to the crust of this episode in a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, before we get into it, um, obviously, this pod is coming out late and later than usual because it's coming out on a Monday. And we just wanted to address and say thank you for your patience. Sorry for any confusion when this does happen. Uh, But we just kind of wanted to give you a little context. We are kind of going through one of the busiest moments of our lives between work and Tim being in school and so many important like family milestone life events that just happen to all be in a very condensed period of time. Like we just hosted an engagement party. Congratulations, Jacob and Libby. (laughs) Um, But... We just kind of wanted to remind everyone that, like, it takes, like, five to seven hours a week, five to eight hours a week to get one episode out to you. Uh, And it's a lot when it's something that we are not compensated for, really. Um, It just it takes a lot of time and effort that I think that it makes sense people for, like, just don't realize. And so... You know, there's there's just there's weeks where it's just not realistic to get this out any sooner than we than we do. And if that's a comes as a surprise to you, like how much goes into making it happen, just one episode and you feel so inclined. That is why we have our buy me a coffee link that we always put in the show notes. And, you know, we do go back and forth. We have quite a bit about going behind a paywall like so many people do now, you know, whether it's Patreon or Substack and totally respect the why like of people doing that. And yet we always hold back in the end because we don't want to not be accessible to anyone that wants to listen. So that's kind of why we've created a little bit more of a, um, I don't even know, how would you say? Honors is not a donation base. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, structure. But of course, with that means like, it's just not very consistent. So all of that to say, if you are listening to the pod every week, and it is like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much goes into these apps I've been enjoying. And you want to make a contribution go to our buy me a coffee link in the show notes and there you can set up like a recurring monthly payment or you can just shoot over a one-timer and all of it means the world. Think of it as tithing, if you will. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just, don't know just about kidding. that. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Don't think of it that way. But <laughs> think of it as paying for your entertainment, which we do every single day in many a different way. Uh, all of that said, Thank you again for your patience, and uh, we're just glad we were able to pull this off because we weren't sure if we'd be able to do it at all this week. So here we friggin' are, and we have plenty to say, as usual. Let's do it. So we've officially now switched from counting the days of marriage to counting the days until decision day. Yeah. So so it starts off with 24 days until decision day. Uh Uh-huh. Um, we're finally getting our expert intervention. We have some expert inter- intervention this week. I don't know. Hope springs abound for me a little right now. Do they? 
A little bit. I'm a, I, I guess I got a little... I don't know. I, I feel like some efforts yeah, are being made. Couple, yeah. And yeah. this is the time of year where it does get more difficult because you get... The pressure is on in a new way. The pressure's on in a new way. It's also people don't, you know, it's easy to start to get checked out because, you know, all these fun if milestones. If you're not thriving by now. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the defeat. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but overall, I, I feel like, I don't know. I think they, I think there's some hopefulness here. Okay. Some things to... Uh, I'm a little, I'm, I'm with you with some and cynical still. I just, I just, and then you see the, uh, freaking the rest of the season ahead yeah. and you see some of those clips and you're just like, oh my God, like everyone's fucked. But <laughs> well, thank I mean, you for taking my optimism and running with it. Well, I don't have to be on the exact same page as you. That's <laughs> part of this. But I will say that I the theme of this week was definitely like going deeper. And it's just, I think, debatable couple to couple if they actually did that. So let's get into it. Let's do it. I would say this first couple we're going to talk about had the least success with yeah. the themes of this week. Yeah. And it's interesting because we've had some tables turn and we need to talk about what that means and if we think that's warranted. So, I mean, pretty much right away, you've got Eris and Jasmine meeting with Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're the most needy couple. And uh, Jasmine has been, as we've been talking about, I feel like the last week, one to two weeks, she's been really struggling with being checked out in general because she just feels totally defeated yeah. and totally rejected. And so I think for her, mustering up energy to keep trying, let alone to be vulnerable, feels understandably like a very risky move and maybe not in the best, like not a good risk. Like, and we can keep talking about that. But that's what I feel like she is going through. She's going through personally. Yes. She's like every day weighing what's worth it to try at this point based on how little effort this man has put forth and how shitty this man has made me feel about myself. So Dr. Pepper comes in and like she, Jasmine does say it, it's, it feels like we've just been coexisting. We've been completely stagnant. And, you know, she does have a, I could probably try harder um, perspective, but you can feel all of the like undertones of that are like, but should I, is it worth it? Yeah, I don't like it. It's hard for me when you are talking to an expert and you open yourself up to saying, oh, like you're bringing that energy of like, I could be trying harder because they're going to run, take that and go and run with it. And yeah, but does it not bother you that we know Dr. Pepper has at least been watching footage of these couples from her little laptop in her vacation home? Well, that that's what I'm saying, though, because the experts are going to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you can, I was put off by this whole, I was kind of put off by this whole visit by Dr. Pepper, to be mm -hmm, honest with you, mm -hmm. because I felt like it was on Jasmine. Right. All of this is on Jasmine. That's what I'm and saying. That's, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. We agree. I felt, I felt like uncomfortable with how quickly it went there. And I honestly expect a little more of Dr. Pepper to because this is Jasmine's M.O. Like, she's going to say, she's already uncomfortable enough with expressing what her true disappointments and needs are. And so she's, of course, this is a thing that so many women do. You tack it on on the end just because maybe it actually is all your fault. Maybe actually you deep down suck. Maybe actually you could be doing better. It's like something we do as a protective mechanism at the end of sentences. And so it just kind of bothers me that Dr. Pepper didn't, have enough discernment to see through that a little bit. And like you're saying, I do think she really took that and ran with it in a lot of, in a big way. And like spent a lot of the time honing in on how Jasmine could be more open and giving more, ver you know, I'm yeah. like, really Dr. Pepper, you've been watching what's going on. Like, why wouldn't you say, well, okay. Eris, do you talk about anything other than sex? 
<laughs> right. Like that could have been a question or like, right. I mean, he got deep and I, I was like actually proud of him for opening up, but it was like Jasmine had to do it first. Exactly. And that bugs. Yeah. That always bugs us too. I feel like when, and it, it, you do wonder, like maybe the order of operations is never really that relevant. It's not like, oh, the person that gets picked to address first is the one most culpable. That's maybe yeah. not what she's thinking at all. It was just the easiest person to go to in that moment. But as a viewer, it gets hard to not feel it that way. And I feel like we watch this all the time with them, where they like initially address the person more that you're like, wait, but they're the ones that like, no, yeah. look at the other yeah. guy. Yeah. And I mean, so Jasmine's big thing is that she's struggling with right now is that she works with these young with these young girls every day and like so much of what she's driving into them is like their own self-assuredness and standing up for themselves empowerment and yeah walking through life like claiming what's theirs and not accepting bad treatment and she's starting to realize that she's not even like practicing that in her daily life and that she really like she feels like she found herself and just learned how to love herself in the last couple years and that it's all been crushed by this experience with Eris because here she's done all this personal work, finally gotten to a point where she's like, wait, I don't exist for other people. I have like done work on myself and I'm ready to be in a reciprocal loving relationship. And she's been set up like with a complete deficit from the start. And of course it's made her question herself. Something I will say is I appreciated that Dr. Pepper took us down, went like went that route of, have you ever thought that it has nothing to do with you? Mm -hmm. I appreciated that whole line of questioning. I'm wondering where the then follow-up was to Eris of beyond just childhood stuff. I wished because like kind of the train of events was she poses this. What if it has nothing to do with you, Jasmine? Like what if you chose to reframe it and not receive his behavior as personal rejection and and choose to like zoom out and go, wait, this guy has like what we've been talking about. This guy actually has deep seated issues with like attachment, period. And like knowing how to be in relationship with anyone with what he's gone through. My one problem is because like he opens up about like the deaths and what that means to have lost so often it makes you really terrified to truly attach and dive in with anyone. I Which didn't he... like that she didn't segue that into into his relationships with women. Like I yeah, wish that she yeah, then yeah. went, wow, this all makes a lot of sense. Now, can we talk about how this is showing up with women and like how you've historically you know, with, and how you might use sex as a mask. You know what I mean? I just, I wanted, speaking of deeper, I kind of wish Dr. Pepper mined that a little bit more with him because it just was sort of like, see now, Jasmine, you hear about all of this loss. Now do you understand why he um, maybe has a harder time attaching and it actually maybe has nothing to do with you? And I'm like, I don't think that he fully gets that yet, though. I don't think yeah. he fully believes that yet. He still thinks that there's a core issue that Jasmine is just not attractive enough for him. And it's like, we need her to work with him personally on that. Why is your attraction gauge all fucking out of whack right now? Yeah. Like, how do, how do the losses connect with present day and, like, the way that you treat women? You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess, I mean, I was happy that Eris opened up and it is devastating, like, to hear about yeah. all of the people that yes, he's so lost. Yes, so heavy. I you mean, know, really it is. It's extremely shit. heavy. And also, if his attachment issues, like, make sense and the fear of, like, losing someone else and the fear of abandonment, like, totally valid. Yeah. I don't know if this is the best avenue for you to be trying to enter a marriage in with if if you know that those are your issues. And exactly. and, and I don't I'm not even putting it on him necessarily. I'm I'm going back more to the casting right. aspect the of it and the experts in their interview process and their screening 
if you are going to get married at first sight and you know that someone has isn't able to open Severe up severe commitment phobia like yes, in because ways we've of, maybe never seen before. because of the his trauma. the things the traumas in his life you're and you're putting that person in a position now where there's a good chance that at the end of this eight weeks they're not going to be together so you're really just giving another you're adding more scar tissue exactly to this man and i don't think that that's fair i don't think that this is the avenue for people who have deep traumas and and attachment issues yeah. because there's just simply not enough time and the deck the is stacked up too greatly against them for them to find success in eight weeks of marriage. Well, exactly. And you know what? She looks at him and goes, do you think you signed up for Married at First Sight to keep yourself from running? And I'm like, if that's something that, like, I don't understand why that's not being addressed as a serious problem. We don't sign up to marry a stranger just to test out if maybe this will help us not run the other direction. Like, I don't, again, this is going back to things we've said over and over again in other weeks. I just feel like Jasmine is his guinea pig. And that is so unfair. And, like, the truth of this show is that it's bringing two imperfect people together who have not found success in their normal lives, and they're taking the risk for that to jump into this. And that is like, you know, we're all about that. I love the messiness of that. And the fact that like, I don't expect people to be perfectly quote healed. It's like the truth of like even healing narratives is like you're quote healing forever because life is an up and down journey. It's not, you don't arrive in one place and plateau of in success for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I appreciate that. We both do, but this is not, you also don't sign up for Married at First Sight to save you from serious problems that have nothing to, like, it's just, again, I still think it's really fucking unfair to Jasmine. Yeah, I do too. And I mean, we, it's, it's something that was so glaring to me from this time was like, holy shit, it's crazy how, how truly little they know about each other right now at this point. Mm -hmm. it, it does, you really see in a glaring way how how little they have given to each other like and then it makes me think of the month anniversaries last week when he basically admits that I was completely checked out for two weeks then he had COVID for a week I mean they were fucked and by then Jasmine is like screw this guy he's shown no interest in me so now I'm not trying so it's it's like he finally tags in and she yeah, tags out right now and, and I that guess is totally apparent when we get to the fishbowl exercise. Oh, yeah. That was bad. It was really bad. Do you have anything else on the Dr. Pepper? Or can we transition? Um, oh, I just thought something that was insightful about her was that we find out she had like such a, like kind of almost like a Pollyanna upbringing. She was so sheltered mm. to the point where like her parents wouldn't even hash anything out in front of them. So she actually, like, connects a lot of her fear of confrontation and any disagreement. She connects it to the fact that, like, she never grew up watching adults hash shit out together. Yeah. And so, I mean, that just makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of viewers have wondered, like, over the last few weeks, like, when are you going to, like, really just fucking come out and say it and like stand up for yourself in whatever form that comes out. Like you're still so contained, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that explains a lot of that. But yeah, so then we have our fishbowl questions. And I mean, there's no way around it. It's a, it's, it's not a good look for her because she did just express in this time with Dr. Pepper that for for her to move forward, she has to feel like they're getting to know each other on deeper levels. And like even what he shared with Dr. Pepper about his past, she didn't know any of that. She didn't know all the fears that brought up for him and how that has an impact today in his life. And so then for them to have this exercise set up for them, that really does a lot of the hard work for you, right? Because it's like every time... 
I think for couples that are this far behind or this withdrawn, like every time they even ask one deep question, it takes a lot of gumption because there's so much shit swirling inside, like fear about all these things. So to have an exercise like this that basically allows you to skip that shitty part, it's someone else telling you you have to do it and it's teeing you up, you know, it is unfortunate. She just refused. She, what will make you feel safe and secure? She can't think of anything. I mean, I was like, Jasmine, I mean, this is your chance to, to be really, I mean, it might even be a little harsh coming out because it's going to be obvious that he hasn't been giving you that, but you need to say that right now. Yeah. And she couldn't say it. I know. The thing about my upbringing. I feel like we've already tackled that. The thing I, uh, you may have wanted to wait to tell me until we've been together. Nothing. Nothing. She's just completely closed off. I know. I was like, what is going on here? Like, either she's totally checked out or something just happened, like, off screen or behind the scenes because she's, she's not, like. and shut down. I, uh, what, to me, the part that really got me, because I really understand, regardless of, like, if this is helpful for them in this moment, I still have a lot of, and I think all of us do, some deep understanding of where she's coming from right now because we've watched the last month. Yeah. So we get why she has every right to feel very cautious and distrusting of this man. But then, so hardest thing that she's ever had to forgive, she deflects that one and goes, you go first. And he brings up his friend's suicide. Mm-hmm. And so this is a really heavy, a heavy, uh, I you know, it's not even necessarily what you expect, you know, um, and people that know what it's like to have someone die by suicide in their life. There is a lot of confusion with the grief because there can be so much anger, too, because it was a choice that they made. And there's so much fallout from that. So I just felt like that was a really big thing for him to share. And he talks about how he held a grudge against this friend for years, like watching the pain that it left everybody else in was like super hard for him. He finishes that and he was vulnerable with that. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Hmm, hardest thing I've had to forgive. Hardest thing I've had to forgive. (sighs) I just, I can't think of anything. Not okay. Not okay. She didn't even like, like have, she didn't even just like respond. I know. I mean, I guess there's this tiny chance that that was an editing thing, but I kind of just feel like that was the easiest opportunity on a human level. Like, his buffoonery aside, he just really, I mean, that was a conversation that deserved to be reciprocated in that moment. Like, it was bad. Yeah. You know? It just came off as very cold. Yeah, it did. And, And now, of course, he's baffled. And he's like, I'm confused. Like, she says she wants this. Now I'm trying to give it to her. She doesn't have anything to say. And then we end up with an heiress and Jasmine's mom meeting, which I honestly, like, caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah. I just don't. Oh, wait. I have to say. <laughs> oh, what? The only question that she did answer hmm. was what? <laughs> What, um, oh, hang on, let me find it for a second. Oh, what worries you most? She goes, our marriage. That's right. what worries me most. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is e. She's pissed. Yeah. She's so over it. Anyway, sorry, back to, yeah, that moment caught me off guard also. Here's the thing. I just didn't think he's, it. Uh. He's trying, it seems like he's trying. Yeah, but it's like too little too late. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's where we are. And I also, I think it's awkward because it's like, there's an elephant in the room, which is like, if Jasmine and mom's relationship is, is, is really that close, then Jasmine's mom knows what's really going on or, or it's not. And Jasmine's painting a rosier picture for mom and dad than it really is in real time at that time. Yeah. Because her mom's energy was interesting to me. I'm like, if you know what an asshole he's been, I wouldn't think you'd be coming with this much jolly. Um, 
I don't know. And I don't feel like he really gave, she really gave him any like great insight. And I, I have to say, I just felt like the way that he was framing some of these questions, I just felt like he was talking about her in a little bit of a condescending way. And I just was like, it's one thing to be inquisitive and be coming from a place of true, like, love and humility. Like, I really want to figure this out. And I have kind of screwed the pooch the last few weeks. And I'm trying to figure out how to, like, mend with your daughter and, like, give us a fighting chance. And I can tell that she's really closed off. And, like, do you have any, do you have any insight? But it was very, like, you know, she says she wants to know me more. And then, and then he uses this description of, like, you know, if you ask me my favorite color and he gives this whole allegory of, like, you know, I'm going to tell you it's blue because of this story and this thing that happened to me when I was 12 and da 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 And, like, with her, it's just, like, she just says, like, oh, it's pink, you know? And it's, like, like, I just felt like you're being condescending. Like, the truth is she probably does have more stories like that. But you have not been a safe place for her to do that. Yeah. So you need to be finding out how do I cultivate safety for her so that she does tell me the true the real story behind why her favorite color is pink. Not like shitting on her because that's lame because she has nothing. I just feel like he's kind of implying that like, well, maybe there is no depth in your daughter. Do you know? Mm. And I'm kind of like, bro, like pull back a little bit. Yeah. And he, I thought it was interesting that mom wanted to really focus on the not having sex before decision day thing. And, you know, her biggest concern is like, I'm just like if because he's made this decree, now he's sort of like, what if tomorrow they have instant chemistry and then now they've held themselves back? I'm like, mom, you really don't get it. You don't really know what's <laughs> going on. And then he like kind of implies he's trying. I mean, like I'm looking for the connections, you know, for like similar like shared experiences or he's kind of implying like he's having a hard time like finding anything interesting about her. And I don't know. I like mom's like, I love that he's communicating openly. And I'm just like, what? Like Jasmine is not telling you everything right now. Yeah. She can't be. What do you think? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm like looking at this as, as like he's trying to make an effort. And, yeah. and you know, and she's checked out and she has like every right to be based off of how the first month went. Mm -hmm. But also like, okay, we have three weeks here left. Yeah. Like something's got to happen well, over the next three, you know, like, so what are we going to, unless you want to end the, that's my, if exactly. you want to end the relationship, then end the relationship. Say. That's what I was just going to say. But if you're not going to end the relationship. Exactly. Then. Fairness aside. Yes. Then what's the alternative? Yeah. It's like that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I walked away from this episode going, you know what? The writing's on the wall. Jasmine's done. And this needs to end. Period. Because anything less, anything else, because it's true. It's like we're, we keep saying she has every right to be coming from this place. He's given her a lot of reasons to walk away in the last month. But physically staying, if you're not going to, like, look past what's fair and not fair, it's not, you're not winning by doing that. And so it's like you either have to get over the fact that you receiving his bid and giving him a bid back isn't quite fair in the lineup, but it's like you're still giving last-ditch efforts because you're not letting go of the possibility that this could work, or you are done and you need to walk away. Yeah. And I, I, like, I honestly would respect either, but she's kind of like paralyzed in the middle right now. It's like she doesn't want to give up on maybe because like, that would be failure, but she's already behaving in a way as a person who has given up. Yeah, because he's, by all intents and purposes, making an effort yeah, now. Yeah, for the first you know, time in his like, the he last is. five weeks. So you have is. to decide what to do with that, but not participating, but keeping this thing going isn't really an option. Right. So that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, me too. 
move on? Yeah, let's go to Kirsten and Shaq. Okay. I had fun with them this week. I feel excited about them. I could be being duped, but I they are one that I did feel hope for. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a big turnaround. I mean, first off, I thought it was the cutest thing. Talk about like the opposite of of some of the couples in the past, like they treat going to therapy like they are going to church and they are going to fancy church (laughs) and they are bringing baked goods. No (laughs) one's like offering to, nobody has like wine teeth and is like offering Dr. Pepper a drink. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know. I felt like they both took this really seriously. And I felt like we did get a little more insight on Kirsten's guardedness that like, her parents' divorce kind of fucked her up and made her super guarded from a young age. And she had a lot of shame around that. And so I think, like, especially when you're a kid, I think that a lot of times it's easier to, like, hide compartments of your life that you don't know how to explain to people or that don't look like your friends at school. And then what that does is just lay the groundwork for you to be really guarded as an adult. And we actually talk about very similar things with Gina. Um, a little different, but kind of same outcome. But, and then we find out Shaq, he had a very absent father and he didn't find his biological dad till he was 17. And then obviously in doing that, a lot of resentment and anger came up that he had to deal with for a long time because it's like, okay, now I found you and like dub TF, where have you been? Why the fuck didn't you choose me? Um, so like big real stuff yeah. that I feel like is really good, helpful perspective on both of them. Um, Dr. Pepper really pushes them here with the kissing and she's this forehead the, kissing the ki- like it's yeah. like it's something to be proud of. We've got to stop that. <laughs> both of you. I was initially confused by this. Yeah. At first, I thought he was implying that there was maybe more going on. And then it becomes clear that what he means is, like, all of the affection is hand-holding and forehead kisses up to yeah, this point. Yeah, and also confused by, like, who wants the kisses? Like, because it seems like he wanted... It, he did at the beginning. He wanted kisses at the beginning, and then now she's like, I want kisses. And I'm like, but doesn't Shaq want to give kisses? But he's not giving kisses now? Like, well, remember I, yeah. what we kind of established last week is that now Shaq has put up a little wall He's cool to assert yeah. a like a little bit of a cranky like well you haven't given shit up till now and so now I'm not all, I'm not on all of your terms and timing mm-hmm. like but I do like that Dr. Pepper he call she calls him out a bit um you know for all we have struggled with with Kirsten and like her unfair expectations, especially because a lot of her unfair expectations don't come with verbalizing them to the person that needs to hear them. Yeah. It comes with her telling someone else or the girls and whatever. And we do think, you know, she's got some like maturity confusion shit in terms of knowing herself and what she wants. But all of that to say, once you find out that your wife does want more of that and that is going to help you, Dr. Pepper's basically like, if you're holding on to shit from week one and week two, you got to let it go. If you you see more possible here, then you have to put that down and we have to step forward. Like, this is another what's the alternative situation. You have a right to have felt rejected and felt like your vulnerability was being, you know, maybe stomped on a little bit and like that makes us as human beings want to immediately recoil. Like you have rights to go there um, and you could write a dissertation on the fairness of that. (laughs) But like, do you win at this point? Yeah. If you don't like put that argument down and move forward, the woman is saying she wants kisses now and deep down you do too. So yeah, well that's the thing. Once he gets the green light to like be more assertive, he's running with it. You know, yeah, and I, I mean, I do think it's like worth saying this was another situation where I could see people arguing that that Shaquille was getting a little bit too much of the onus put on him mm. when we have been feeling like Kirsten's been playing a bit of games with him and confusing him. And so, yeah, but I, at the same time, it's like 
sometimes I do think that what Kirsten can't fully say or maybe comes out in more traditional gender role ways when really it's just personality things, she needs help being pulled out of her shell. She yeah. needs help and he needs to lead because he is the more emotionally mature of the two. Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, then they're not, then they're going to stay running in place. Yeah. So I... I like as much as I think that again, maybe it's not the fairest thing that it's all kind of being put on him from this perspective. I feel like Dr. Pepper sees that he can handle that. Yeah. And and he's up for the challenge. And then we have this cute scene where like she's asking him for like logo help. That was my favorite part. I thought that, that was, was cute. so cute and like normal, normal yeah. couple shit. Yeah. And like also she was like so turned on by his like ability to just like be sketch creative out in on the a moment. piece of paper a yeah. little logo and that he like is taking her seriously and like is like screw it let's do it right now and like coming up with an idea that she's like ooh. so she was like definitely getting that was attracting her in a big way and she's like sometimes the way she talks about it in interviews is funny i feel like it's like the equivalent of her being like rare rare <laughs> Um, and then we have question time and that's when she really gets explicit about what will make her feel safe and secure is him taking the lead, being more of an initiator. And it's funny. I mean, I feel like a lot of couples have this moment, like we have laughingly discussed this amongst each other in our relationship over the years where he's like, okay, challenge accepted. Let's see how you really like that. Yeah. Like you say you want it. But there's going to, like, if you really want me to take the lead, there's inevitably going to be a time where you maybe don't like it very much. And, like, don't don't come and say that, like, you didn't ask for this, you know? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I just put, like, that's always the true conundrum. Yeah. I feel seen. (laughs) I figured you would. But then we have this whole body paint (laughs) setup that he... Uh, organized and this I've never t- seen I mean this was adorable it was it a clearly lot. was a success it was a success I have never seen someone take body painting so seriously as Kirsten or, or Shaq as Shaq oh really okay the dude's like he's got his it's like he's he's got her up on a table Mm-hmm. In the middle of the room, tarps are laid down. He's sipping tea and is like, all right. Like, like he's it, Picasso. Yeah, like he's <laughs> painting a Picasso, if you will. And it was just funny and cute to see, like, you know, normally on when you get body paint involved on these types of shows, it's like people are rubbing bodies against each other. Yeah. And it's, and it's like roll around on the ground so that like your boob mark goes on there. Things of that nature. <laughs> and um, he's like, no, I'm turning she you into She was very much a, like his muse. A like work his, of art. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute. And I thought she was like very into it. And the only thing that killed me was that there was no music playing in real time. Like I was like, I would be dying. I would be mortified. Like I'd be like, turn on some fucking music. Like it's like being at an awkward part. Like it's being at a party where people want you to dance, but all the lights are on. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, but clearly it didn't really hamper them and their vibes. Like they were, it was working for them. So, and then of course (laughs) we got hit with like a classic reality TV maths cheesy ball song that just like is right on the nose of the thing happening at that time. It's like wrapping up. And the song's like, temptation. But he was expressing like he he, I think, is into the fact that she is giving up control because she is very she can be kind of controlling and naggy and all of their interactions need to like be exactly how she wants them to be. Yeah. But part of her letting him lead is giving some of that up, which I don't think she fully realized when she's asking for it. But clearly there's something like in her subconscious that wants that. And I think it's a turn on for him that she's finally letting him be that, you know. Yeah. But And it's this interesting thing, I guess, with like couples in general. It's like what the chicken or the egg. Like I think he would say he didn't feel like 
Like, he didn't know that he was allowed to be in that role with her because of the way that she's been, like, at every turn. And yet she would say, oh, like, my attraction wasn't quite growing in the way I wanted it to because he's not being this way. You know, and you're like, and it's clearly within Shaq to embody this, but he needed permission. Yeah. It's just fascinating mm-hmm. how, like, these little permission moments in relationships can, like, can be transformative yeah. for people. Like, they can suddenly become different partners because a side of them has, like, been allowed to come out, you yes, know? Yes, definitely. And then he does that sexy whipped cream moment. I was, like, really scared. So she's covered in paint. It's clear that they're, like, a little riled you're like oh god you guys are gonna hopefully go do something after this um and then he's like coming back with whipped cream and i was like what are you gonna do like this is not you can't put that on top of the paint like i'm thinking (laughs) about it way too logically but then he just did this like little thing with where he put the whipped cream in her mouth and he had the strawberry in his mouth and you know it's one of those things where you're like oh this is at such risk to like be gross or cringy and it wasn't. He handled it like very. It was all very smooth. The ki- there wasn't like gross like saliva coming out of anyone's mouth. Like it just worked. And they clearly. Okay, do you think they had sex or they just like did like cross some bases? I think some bases were crossed. I don't think I don't know how you go from forehead kisses to intercourse. Yeah. Oh, but right. But the strawberry like made them make out. Like, is that their yeah. first make out? I don't know. Because that was good. She was into it. I know. What other foods do you think you could do this with? Like hummus and pita chips? <laughs> Absolutely not. I feel like it's like pretty exclusive <laughs> to specific fruits. Personally. Um, queso and tortilla chips? <laughs> yeah, let me put some queso in your gullet and dip my... To dip a chip well, that's in there. risky to get like chip stab. Yeah. No. All I think right. it's got to be fruit and whipped cream is pretty isolated. Um, but, oh, I definitely feel like they went and showered together after this. She mm, was like, I, mm-hmm. we've got to clean up. I was like, okay. And he's, they're talking about, going, you know, I, I, and, oh, this is one last thing. She made clear in her interview that she basically says, if they do it, only her and Shaquille will know. Yes, okay. Which we see. Bold, bold prediction. Which then tells you, oh, you're one of those. We've had many couples on oh, Seasons Past just that not, hide that they're doing it for weeks. That's just not... Uh, it. Here's the thing. It's going to come out. Well, clearly, you see it in the preview. And I would bet... I would bet Please 100 bucks. doesn't cause a huge I would bet 100 it. bucks that... At the dinner table, when when we see in the preview for the weeks to come, Mm -hmm. he goes, we consummated the marriage. I'll bet you that she did not know that he was going to say that. And they're going to get into (laughs) a fight about it. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. But he can't be that dumb. I feel Uh, like with a Kirsten, like you can't mess around. You're not going to make a public announcement of that unless you guys have talked about it before. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna find out. But like, I just, I'm just saying, I think it's possible that they could have done the full date that night because, based on her saying that in the interview, and then Shaquille on after party, I felt like he was kind of like, I mean, it could or it couldn't, you know, like they're being all coy about it. It sounded like a man who's been scolded for saying too much, right? And it sounded like a man who's definitely. Boned her. Okay. You know? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Don't act so scandalized, please, you guys. He does that just for you. (laughs) I will say, what do we make? Okay, it could be something completely innocuous, okay? So we see this insane preview for the rest of the season, and there is a scene where Shaquille and Jasmine are sitting on a car in a parking structure by themselves and he is telling her that she is beautiful Beautiful inside inside and out. out. And look, 
That's a perfectly acceptable thing to say depending on the context, moment, whatever. Like if if they've all become a close friend group and like, you know what I mean? Like it could be that Jasmine, Kirsten, and Shaq have like been close friends and so he's just giving her some encouragement. But you could also very easily see it being another way and maybe we're just um, like a little bit corrupted after just watching love is blind first five episodes <laughs> and there's so much like inappropriate like swapping and shit yeah but i was like <gasps> are the tables gonna turn on that level and they were both on after party together and so i kept trying to watch how she what her facial expressions were like watching scenes of Shaq and kirsten together like would anything tell if she felt uncomfortable whatever and in the end, she didn't. So I could have just been. I mean, I think this happens nothing. at the couple's retreat. Mm. And I think that this, it would seem like her and Eris are essentially over by this point. And he's doing some kind of consoling. It's just a little odd that he would be the one doing the consoling. Well, and it's odd because girls. everyone that watches this has been screaming that Shaq and Jasmine would have been a great match. Mm. So it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's not like, I feel like we've covered, there's nothing like crazy earth shattering news in after party, but he did say that like, he finally had a realization this week because he he mentioned, he said the week before was really hard for him emotionally, like in life. It wasn't just this process. It was. The work stuff. It was work yeah. stuff. And like, so I think for him, it was a little bit off-putting that that was the week she chose to fixate on how much sensual attention she was getting from yeah. him when she had been so closed off. And he's like, I'm going through a real thing right now and I actually need your emotional support. And this is all you want to talk to everybody about? So that was interesting. But then he did say, like, he finally realized she wants dominance and to have him lead a little bit. And he was very scared and thought there's no way she's going to respond to this well. And it was a huge surprise to him to watch, like, her thrive at him doing this. So, yeah, I mean, I am overall, like, hopeful for them if they stay on this trajectory. I think it could be good. I agree. Okay, Clint and Gina. So, like, the big thing with them is that we really have been harping on for weeks. And I guess my only confusion, like, so Clint just really feels like they just still have so much getting to know each other to do. And, like, Gina's another one that can be pretty guarded and doesn't. And, okay, remember how last week we were giving Kirsten a hard time for being like, well, you don't ask me the right questions, so that's why I'm not opening up to you? Yeah. And we were kind of like, wow, Kirsten, you come up with a new thing every week, blah, da, 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 da. This whole thing with them kind of, like, just gave me food for thought because Gina is basically what we're finding out. Like, he's talking to his friend about it first. Then we have Dr. Pepper come. He reiterates that, like, they're this having, opening up thing. They're having yeah. a good time, but, like, he feels like she needs to open up more and there's he doesn't really know what to do about that. And she's like, well, it takes she does admit she's more comfortable opening up with women. She had a single mom. She had a very like not great relationship with dad for her life, most of her life and struggled with like abandonment and stuff with him. So it's harder in general for her to get open and vulnerable with dudes. But she also does say, she was like, look, like, it's not, I don't walk around just like word vomiting my past. And like, I'm not against sharing with him, but him telling like some soft childhood memory is not the thing that makes me go, oh, and let me tell you about the, t I think there's a lot being unsaid here, but what I'm hearing is you telling me about the fucking time that you and your whole family went sailing when you were seven after school doesn't make me want to then go, oh, really? Well, when I was seven, I was cooking on the stove by myself for dinner because my mom was gone and my dad didn't give a shit about me. Yeah. Like, I think she's kind of like, and, and kind of like he doesn't ask. And so then, and Clint makes this little, like, Dr. Pepper's like, okay, what do you think of that, Clint? And Clint's like, 
well, it just doesn't feel organic to just ask. Well, I'm, if, I'm, it, this organic thing I'm is like, a, is such so a, such a cop out, cop out. And it's like such a thing that people hold on to. Right. Yes. Yes. And I'm sorry, but if you are going to have a long term relationship, successful relationship, you got to just ditch the organicness because there are going to be times where you have to be inorganic because to for the create more closeness, more chemistry, exactly. more yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like the whole thing is it takes fucking effort. It's not a rom we're not living in a rom-com Exactly. Here, for you sure. know. The question thing is interesting. I mean it's interesting cuz Clint is so open and we find out that he's so open because he was in a like long-term relationship mm. with someone and found out that she was like a fake essentially like a whole different he felt like she had a false persona yeah and a false like, persona so which he's they had bought o- a house together they had yeah. like they had dogs together like it it sounds like it was very marital yeah and so he goes through life like an open book and wants to get met on that level to make sure that the people that he's close to aren't like hiding his ex shit. aren't hiding stuff. For sure. Right? You know, I have a hard time with this because I think that I almost feel like, okay, the, the, the fishbowl is a perfect exercise for this because yeah. it does all the work for you. Yes. But it's also like, it can be hard to figure out the right questions to ask. I don't think that it's like a super easy thing. And there should just be like a question and asking questions seminar at the beginning (laughs) for these people. Or they should just have one of those, like, you know, those, I mean, I feel like we have one of the decks, like those intimacy decks or like conversation starters. It's like every apartment that these couples move into should just have one of those on the counter and it should be like a daily requirement that like regardless of what you are, what is happening organically, yeah. you need to like pull a few of these every day. Just to get to know each other better mm-hmm. and, and answer the prompt. You know, I don't like I, ta- I understand where Gina was coming from. And I guess I, I in hindsight, like you talked about last week when we were talking about Kirsten, like I have a better understanding where she was coming from now at that time. Because I understand that. And I feel like you and I have talked about that, like how it is frustrating when like you and I are both like open books in a lot of ways, but we're not like just walking around like spewing our deepest, darkest. Like we're open, but like the person across from us like has to show interest and ask questions for me to want to reveal. I mean, I feel that way even in friendship, you know? Yeah. And yes, there's a time and a place like when you have a need or a frustration or an expectation that's gone unmet, you can't expect people to read your mind. And I think that you need to initiate. But I think like if you're talking this big talk about how you want to go deeper, but for you to pose big questions, especially in a social experiment like this, where it's the whole thing, you think that's inorganic, so you're not doing it. It's kind of absurd to me. Yeah. And the timing is also important, right? Like, because of how just open and spontaneous he is all the time, like, you can't ask, what are your hopes? I want to know everything about your hopes, dreams, fears, and successes at the breakfast table if she's about to leave for work. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and then be like, see, she didn't answer me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a combination of all of these things. I just think in general, I think asking the right, wanting to be asked the right questions is a valid thing to say. And I also think it's valid that people maybe just need some guidance in that area. Right. Because I don't, I, I do think it is hard to c- come up with a lot of these questions from time I mean, to time to me i don't understand it because i could think of questions to ask anyone and everyone but maybe not everyone's like the that. time like but you're very good at that I i'm know. not very good at that you know so that's something you've gotten pretty good at over time though yeah I over time but yeah yeah so i mean and i thought dr pepper's big thing because he got a little sassy it got a little tense in there it wasn't a big thing but he's yeah. like well why don't you just set the precedent then and you start doing you do it and Dr. Pepper's like, 
if you are fixated on sticking to the style that you like because it feels organic to you, then you are not going to find love. Yeah. So I appreciated that. And then we go into fishbowl question time. And this was really effective for them. They, I mean, Gina didn't hold back with anything. Yeah. And she shared a lot about like how like alone and independent she had to be growing up and like feeling, you know, like she was, she could never burden her mom because her mom already had enough burdens. And this kind of narrative in her head of, well, if your dad never cared enough to make an effort with you, then why would some other man who's not even blood related to you care? And I don't know. I just think these are like really important, deep human insights. To me, it's very obvious that she is so much more comfortable with him now Mm -hmm. than she was. And I just have to say that like I, the first week was not an attractive week for Gina or Clint for that matter. But obviously by the end of it, there was like Gina was seemingly... She was the one that we felt like was worse, for lack of a more um, good way to say that. Yeah. But I have to get, like, and we remember how she was being about move-ins. And I feel like that Pastor Cal meeting saved them because it made her reframe move-ins. And yes, they're going slower, but I just want to give her, like, a high five because I feel like she's really pushed herself out of her comfort zone. and. It's so obvious how much more of a chance this couple has had since she has decided to show up in that way. Yeah. You know? And I feel like they're getting closer. It's just obvious that, like, there's still the fear of, like, are we too stuck in the friend zone? That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the biggest concern is when you, yeah, when you get to this point, we're still sleeping in separate bedrooms, like, um... Yeah, and Clint even said something in After Party, like, Keisha was like, so seeing Gina's vulnerable side, like, I imagine that's helping with the attraction for sure. And he was like, yeah, some, I mean, less so physically, more so emotionally, but definitely. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's just funny, like, seeing, you know, Jasmine and Eris and Gina and Clint, right? Like have not had the best relationships obviously but it just when you talk when you talked about the move-in thing it made me think of like mckin dom and mckinley and like gosh like you couldn't have done this like you couldn't have like props to these guys for actually like continually to pursue this path and whether or not they stay together or not it's more time to learn about yourself. And I just, I'm like, gosh, what a, like, just scared, wussy decision to make. I know. Like. For sure. Well, and again, like, um, Gina and Clint are a really good example of what it means to stay the course and continue to put in effort. Yeah. Even in spite of all that is unknown and not built yet. Yeah. Whereas we, like we're saying with Jasmine and Eris, we're a little more at a point of like, well, are you putting in effort or are we giving up? Yeah. And I don't feel like, I haven't seen Clint and Gina giving up since like day seven or eight or nine, whatever that first week was, you know? Okay. Last but not least, we have Nicole and Chris. So we start off, we have goat yoga with dad. I just love this family dynamic. They're cute. I, I, I think it's I think it's amazing. Like it just the way that dad is able to seamlessly like jump in and like do activities with them. <laughs> it's it's adorable. Yeah. I love how she's like, you know, it's something that me and dad really love to do together. And I was like, goat yoga? Like that <laughs> is so specific. And then you find out that they got into yoga together. She got dad into yoga and then dad went extra achiever, overachiever, and not only became a yoga instructor, but decided to go yoga instruct at her university. Amazing. Which I'm very curious how she felt about that at the time. But <laughs> very, very cute. And I, her motivation behind this, though, is that as much as dad is close and supportive with her, 
he's still having misgivings about this process in general and is like not fully trusting it. And so she wanted to like, it's definitely very important to her to like make her dad and Chris close. And obviously like we've LOL'd a little bit about in the past, it's very important to Chris apparently to be allowed to call Mark dad, which still throws me a bit. And so it's like, we're on this quest for <laughs> Mark to <laughs> believe Chris is worthy of calling him dad and like surprise, surprise after the goat yoga, dad really feels okay with that. There's a lot of name things like, is, is it like, are we going to get, are we going to change the names? Like what's going to happen first? Chris is going to be able to call Mark dad, or we're going to change our last name. <laughs> to <laughs> I know. Reflect the marriage. Um, yeah, everyone, almost everyone has the title they want now. Mm-hmm. Nicole's just got to find time to go to the DMV. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they I mean, both it was have cute mutual overall. respect and yeah. adorable. Yeah, yeah. And Chris is like, you said I had to wait for decision day. <laughs> He's like, no, I said you had to earn my respect. And you have. The Dr. Pepper visit was short. Yeah, it was. At least, I mean, I'm, obviously she spent more time. But well, what they showed, like, it was it's like. It's like every week when we do this podcast. We're like, it's not that we didn't learn interesting things about them. But at the end of the day, they're just doing so great. It's like, oh, how do we make it better? It's not like. Yeah. There's rarely crisis with them, you know? Yeah. Which is why, like, we end up talking about them for the least amount of time. I mean, we we hear more in depth of what we've kind of have already known about Nicole, which is that. I mean, I think I didn't get it on the full scale until today. Like, I knew that she was with some shitty guys in her younger years, but I don't think I realized that, like, she's basically had a complex for the last 15 years where she actively, like, turns down, turns away nice guys and, like, is only drawn to the shitty ones. And, of course, that comes from that subconscious narrative that, like, I'm not worthy of that level of niceness and love, and so I'm turning it into... What really what I think Eris's issue is with Jasmine. So then you turn it into like, you know, oh, there's a reason I'm not attracted to them and you peace out and you never give it a chance. So I just think like to hear that she kind of views it like this was her struggle until this moment. Yeah. Is honestly like it's shocking because it just comes so naturally to her to be a devoted partner with someone as devoted to her. Like it feels like what? Like. You're so good at this. This is, it's it's crazy to hear that like up until this process, that was what she was, that's what it, her love life was looking like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cutest, funniest Nicole and Chris bobbing on these stationary bikes as they do their fishbowl questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. I'm like what a cute idea. And also like, way to like maybe get you out of your head a little bit but like we're talking about our greatest shames we're like <laughs> i wish you could see me yeah. as bobby do you want to turn the uh tension up on the knob there <laughs> like we're gonna go for an incline so uh my mom almost got arrested because i threw a party <laughs> like whoa like, i know <laughs> i know i was like a little baffled by that i want more details really so then they were talking about their insecurities And I just thought it was the cutest thing. She's on this bike just giving him this, like, most beautiful affirmation of, like, his worthiness of love. And, like, she is here to, like, show him that he's worthy of this love for the rest of their lives. Again, bobbing on the bike. It's so cute. Uh, And, like, her – I mean, again, these are, like, perfect couple problems. Her biggest fears are that they're in a happy bubble and it's yeah. eventually going to burst. And yeah. that if she leans too hard into the happiness, it's going to like eventually blindside her by being, which I think all human beings can relate to. It's like, that's the biggest fucking conundrum is like staying present and like living in the current joy. Cause like inevitably everything, like every time ends, everything, there's always hard stuff. So it's like you just have to soak the shit out of those moments. But it is hard to not do that. Yeah. I'm just so curious what the next three weeks are going to be like. I know. Like, it, it, 
it seems like we're due for something right. I know. In a way, happen, I feel know? similar. Like, like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop a bit with them because it's just been so easy. Yeah. Overall. But. And you didn't think that the experts were possible of this kind of match. I know. With, with some of the things we've seen in yeah. recent couples. Yeah. Our preview, we have, obviously, as we've discussed, Shaq telling Jasmine she's beautiful inside and out. Eris, them at a group event. And surprise, surprise, he's dancing primarily with the dance instructor and not his wife. After, we assume, he gets some sort of dance from Jasmine where he's throwing ones at her. Okay, I missed that. I must have been taking a note while that was happening. We have Gina saying she feels like she's married to a friend. So, you know, you see stuff like that and you're like, oh, so all of the things that have been things the whole time are still things? Yeah. It does, like, it's hard to shake this feeling that the writing is usually on the wall in week one. Yeah. And yet you're always holding out hope that someone's going to just shock you. And it can happen. Like, we've had those slow burn couples, like, transform over the years. But it's so rare that it just makes you, like, kind of like Nicole. It makes you not want to get too excited or hopeful because it's like, what's the point? We saw it on day two. I can't wait for this whatever decades party they throw because I had to do a double take multiple times when I saw Chris and Clint. I had no idea that it was actually them. Like, that's going to be fun. Um, Are you ready for power rankings? Yes, I am. Okay. Contenders of Nicole and Chris and Mm -hmm. back in the contender group. We have Kirsten and Shaq. Woo! But not Clint and Gina? No. Wow, you're being hard on them. Well, they are located in the pretenders still. Right. Along with Jasmine and Eris. Ew. He's making an effort. Both of them are going through the motions right now. Both of these couples are going through the motions. You, I mean, I would obviously have Clint and Gina ranked higher than Jasmine and Eris. Yeah. But I was feeling optimistic this week. No one's in the zero chance in hell cats category this week. Really? So there's only room to go down. Well, that's very hopeful of you. Okay. Okay. That's what I got <laughs> this week. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for being patient. Like we talked about, we hope that you had wonderful weekends, that you have great weeks. It looks like this next week is going to be a juicy one. So we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 We'll